So welcome to the Quality of Mind Transforming Business podcast. This is where we explore the new game-changing understanding that can unlock new levels of performance, resourcefulness, and well-being in the workplace. Join us if you want to be part of the new breed of leaders in business. Join us if you're fed up with the conventional echo chamber. And join us if you want to be part of the new revolution in understanding how the mind works and recognize that we are more than just our psychology and that that can lead to better results. Hello and welcome to the Quality of Mind and Something Business podcast series. And today I've got another really great conversation lined up. Looking forward to this. My guest is John Patrick Morgan, who is a coach who now lives in wonderful location of Hawaii. We actually met about 11 years ago in London and we've stayed in sort of loose contact since, uh, but we've reconnected again recently because I was loving some of his work he was talking about on the subject of the magic of creation. So I asked him whether he'd be up for a conversation and luckily listeners, he said yes. So John, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Piers. Yeah, it's cool to be here under this the topic that we're going to discuss. I've, as we've stayed in touch on LinkedIn and stuff over the years and watching your work, as I shared with you earlier, I've really like liked this kind of balance or this, I shouldn't say balance, I should say this dance between like kind of really deep philosophical spiritual concepts and really kind of boots on the ground, pragmatic, practical business know-how and impact because that's really my work as well. It's like, I like to take these two really disparate worlds and overlap them and be like, how do they work together? You know, as I was saying to you earlier, like pragmatic philosophy, I'll read Nietzsche. Then it's like, well, how, what do I do with this today? So that it actually makes a difference in my life. Um, and so, you know, I've been coaching for, for what, 14 years now. And in the last few years, we've built a training company. So the philosophy in my work is immersion to a training. We've got a small team um, that we teach in do coaching programs in, and um, it's called One Word Creating. That's the name of our company. We are creating. Um, and yeah, so I'm looking forward to this conversation. You know, just in a little bit, we spoke about before. You go deep quick, and I can hang, and it's, uh, so we'll see where we go today. So yeah, I feel like we're about to play tennis, and, and you're pretty good. Well, I, I got no idea <laughs> if I'm any good. Um, I'm left-handed. I don't know what you're used to playing with, but... Uh... <laughs> yeah. So I, no, I, I think we're going to have a great conversation because I, I, I like you, um, it's about the profound and the practical because mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. as regular listeners will know, you know, quality of mind works in organizations and businesses. So if it's not practical, mm. it, it doesn't get a viewing. Um, right. and I think what I'm hoping we'll have a great conversation about is, is what you've called your business creating mm. because mm -hmm. at one level, that's what business and organizations are about. They're about creating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people can see a disconnect between kind of, let's call it more personal, professional development things, or even spiritual mm -hmm. understandings. And what's mm -hmm. that got to do with creating in the world? Surely mm -hmm. you know, they're different things. Well, no, they're beautifully part of the same unfolding. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And that's what I'd, I'd, I'd love to talk about because yeah. you know, I know that's an area you you excel in. So um, Thank you. I think we're on the same page to start with. So totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so would you be able to give listeners just a little um, overview, I guess, of how you see 
the name? This is a big question. Gonna, we'll I, start there. I'm Give it to me. Yeah. Big ball to start with. Though. Yeah. <laughs> How you see the nature of creation, you know, if you were to give it an mm -hmm. overview, how, how do you think mm -hmm. for us human beings, almost like if you were explaining it to an alien, you know, who's, who mm -hmm. didn't quite get us, but could, uh, observed us, how does creation mm -hmm. happen? How do things come into form? Well, what would be mm -hmm. your overview on that? And then we can dive into the aspects of that. Well, let's work backwards from the question. This idea how um, is like we ask the word how, and I think it can be useful and not useful. I think that when we're saying how, um, we're looking for reason, like what's the reason that this works the way that it does. And one of my favorite things to remind people of is just because we can reason doesn't mean there is a reason. Right. And so, um, I, I'm not in too much of a hurry to explain to, to prove, to prove things. And at the heart of the creating perspective, the philosophy of our work is um, that the most we've got as a perspective, a way of looking at it that creates a certain experience or understanding. And so even at the heart of creating is not an answer, it's just a perspective that creates something. Maybe right. you could call it truth if you want, but even that's, a, you know, that's a different conversation, but we, even that's got, is, 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 is well, I'll just say really briefly, because it's kind of central as well. The word truth, I think it's interesting for people to realize, etymologically comes from the word tree. And so like a tree, something that stands there that you can depend on, that's a truth, there's a stability to it. And trees also die, they get cut down. So even truth itself to me is, is, is perspective at the very best. Useful, like it's true to drive on this side of the road and a perspective. Um, but going back to your question then, so to entertain it from, from this perspective, like, what creation is, is what is, meaning like I think about the Big Bang. If the Big Bang is the perspective we're going to say is true, the Big Bang happened and it's not like, and now it's over, it's still happening. It's just that galaxies have formed and star, like stars with galaxies and planets and then like things have evolved, you know, like rocks moved and then, then there was life and then, and then fungi and then us. And it's like, it's not done. It's not like, oh, that's over. And now I have to like pull the lawnmower cord to like start creation again. It's like, you can't not create, right? Like everything is creating all the time, always. And so for me, it's not about like, how do we do creation? It's the realization that creation is, and actually I use the word creating, not creation, because it's not a noun. It's not like a static thing. It's an active unfolding that is. And so for me, it's not, how do you learn to create? How do we do it better? It's like, how do I become more aware, more and more, more and more aware that everything is the big bang still banging on <laughs> as me through me. Yeah. I, I often on the podcast, we kind of track listeners at different places in, in their understanding mm -hmm. and, uh, for regular listeners, you, you're, you'll be already seeing what, what John's pointing to around, well, there, there is no doer to do the creation, mm -hmm. right? It, we are mm -hmm. being lived by nature. It's coming mm -hmm. through and it's apparent. Mm -hmm. So it, it can appear there is a creator, right? But mm -hmm. actually, no, there isn't. We're just part of this nature. Yes. Um, now, let me just go to the other track of the listener now who might be going, whoa, I'm sort of on you, but I'm, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I may have lost a bit there. Well, what, what do you mean that there's no, there's, no create, that there's no creation that I can get involved in? How, how do you answer that question then if someone said, well, what, surely I do the creation? How would you yeah, answer that? Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the important thing to realize is that like 
it's not that like creation is happening outside of you and separate from you. It's that you are that like as much as that planet was formed through the, by the big bang and all the things coming together. Like, so was I as a body, we can get that in a physical sense. It's like, oh yeah, I came from my mother and father and I was born to this world biologically, physically, but even mimetically, all of the ideas that show up in my mind as what to do today. And when I look in the mirror and think about my name, obviously that came from my parents, but what I think to do today, the thoughts I have about life and possibilities are the unfolding of this mimetic evolution and the Big Bang unfolding in the energy of thought, you could say, and possibility. And so I, I, am, I am in a way along for the ride, but even this thing called will or this, this thing called self is another part of that unfolding. And it doesn't mean that's, it's not any less true or more true than the rest of it. It's there. And so when I use the word I, I, I'm referencing something that I'm agent of, my witness, my consciousness, maybe my sense of will or an, even an identity. That's the big bang banging on too. And so the imposition of my will on this unfolding is part of the unfolding. And so for me, this is not some kind of disassociation from uh, my agency. It's both. So I am very conscious and very agent and very intentional in the creation of my life as the unfolding, not in contrary, not contrary to the unfolding. And if that's the difference. It's not like we're here just, you know, because I hear this a lot. I call it spiritual like whitewashing or spiritual bypass. It's like, I'm just going with the flow, man. You know, it's just the universe unfolding. So I'm just like, I'm just doing whatever. Yeah, it didn't work out, but like, it, you know, I'm just going with the flow. It's like, that's taking it so far where you're actually throwing your agency and your will and your sense of self. That's a thing under the bus. You're throwing the baby out with the bathwater, you yeah. know, and, and you can actually have a focused outcome that you are absolutely focused on and committed to every single, that's where I'm going. And at the same time, be completely unattached because you know, it's all just happening, man. And, and I think what you're pointing to there is, is really the nub of it for me, because, um, and I think sometimes the reason, and I'm going to use a broad words here, but spirituality or whatever gets a bad name is because people think it is that spiritual whitewashing, that spiritual bypassing going, oh, I just leave it all to fate and it's nothing to do with me. Yeah. Now what you're starting to point to, and I'd love to get into this more if we can, is there's a, and again, the words aren't always that helpful, but there's a way sometimes when there's a synchronicity with what's creating is happening and we, mm -hmm. we sync with that and mm -hmm. then there's creation. Right. Well, then yeah, so much more powerful too. Yeah. yeah. So, so you said something really fascinating that some people might go, Oh, I, I like the sound of this, where this is going is around having, um, whether you want to call it purpose or focus or intention mm -hmm. to, mm -hmm. um, some creating. And I know you've mm -hmm. got some beautiful stories around this, um, mm. you know, and how it's not about being at the whim of fate or whatever. There right. Is, there is a way that we can, if we're neutral, um, again, loaded word, but to that unfolding, there's an intentionality and a neutral intention to, to creation. Yeah. I mean, I, th I get what you mean by neutral. I use a different word and I think you're kind of feeling that already, or you would use different words. And I'm, I'm inspired to point to the metaphor that you mentioned before we started today, which is the sailing. You talk about sailing versus rowing. Yes. Um, sailing is what we, I would call pure creation. It's like, cause it's a, you're, you're, you're it's a dance between the wind of possibilities and circumstance and the unfolding of the big bang of the universe and the currents in the ocean, all this stuff. And you have a role to play. 
you raise the sail, you till the rudder, you've, you've got the structure of the boat that you brought. So that's that dance. But so we're, now what we're distinguishing is the difference between sailing and being a leaf in the wind. Mm-hmm. A leaf in the wind is like, I don't matter. This sense of self is illusory. So I'm going to get rid of it. I'll throw, I'm just going to be a sail. I don't need a mast. I don't even need a destination. I'm just going to fly around like a plastic fucking bag through the universe. Like, uh-huh. it's like you can do that, but then you're throwing out like the fact that you are not a bag. You have something called will, self, and agency. So like let l- loosen your grip, but play with it. And so part of what self and agency and intent and will is, is the capacity to hold a single pointed intention and to hold an outcome in mind. And no, it's like you, you, you sail, obviously, right, Pierce? Mm. You've sailed. So like yeah. when you sail, if you're like, I want to go there, if you look back, it's a whole bunch of zigzags. But and that's like because it's a dance between you. You gotta you gotta go against the wind, with the wind, you know, but you still have a place that you're headed. Yeah. And and it's interesting with sailing, you know, from from my experience when I've sailed, you, you do start often with a destination in mind. Mm-hmm. But often the fun is going somewhere you weren't planning. So, yes. so, so because the wind changes direction, you're like, well, let's just go over there then because mm-hmm. I'm not sailing to try and get made to be. I'm sailing for the joy of sailing because it's a yes. experience to be to do that. Yeah. So, And I think if I take that metaphor further, when we think there's somewhere to get to, that the self thinks there's somewhere to get to we're, we're, because there's a lack without that place to get to, mm-hmm. that's what causes the issues. Right, that's, think, that's what causes the issues. Yeah. I have to get there to be okay. Yes. And this is where the, the nuance is in like, I'm absolutely committed to getting there. And if I end up somewhere else, I'm okay. Yes. So, but, the, but, but for me, that's not a hopping off point. That's not a, that's not an, that's not an invitation to take my focus off my outcome. That's mm-hmm. an invitation to relaxedness while I stay convicted. And so this is like the place where I, where I in the spiritual communities, where I challenge and I push back a little bit. I'm like, yes, you're right to let go, but not so much that you drop the sword. It's like they talk about the samurai warrior holds a sword where it's like, it's hard enough that it doesn't get knocked out of your hand, but not so hard that, sorry, it's the other way around. It's like this, let me use a different metaphor because I'm, I'm not a samurai warrior. It's holding a baby bird in your hand, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like, it's, 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 it's hard enough that it doesn't fall. And not so hard that you crush it and kill it. Right. Right. Like there's this space, there's this space in the middle. And so for me, that's the relationship to an outcome and intent. It's like, where are you going today? I'm going there. And I say the same thing every day until I get there. And if I never get there, I'm okay. And every day that I'm not there yet, I'm okay. Deadlines. This will happen by this date. And I speak it with conviction. And the day comes and it doesn't happen. I just move the date. Yeah. And I have that same conviction. It's like, dude, you've got absolute certainty and you don't nail it every time. Exactly. That's okay with me. I, I, I think that's, that's beautiful what you said, because I often talk to clients about the difference between clarity and certainty, right? Mm-hmm. So certainty sometimes in, in the modern world is like, by the 25th of August at four o'clock, this happens, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Now that, that, that's, that, that to me doesn't seem to work as a system, <laughs> thinking it will happen by then. But having clarity of the direction and what you're uh, uh, aiming at, and, and being purposeful to do that uh, is, is clarity rather than certainty. Now, that is language, but, but have you got, well, I know you have, but I suppose you have to pick one for now, but can you give listeners a little example for your own, because your, your life's a beautiful uh, chronologue of, of, of this, right? Because you lived this. Mm. Right? Um, a little example you could give um, of, of, this crea- of this creation and, and, and 
the, the balance of where you've been holding it, but not too tight and, and how that's turned out for you? Yeah, I think I think I want to actually stay with this certainty versus clarity distinction okay. because I actually, and I can talk about it in the context of that, because I actually do believe that there's a way to live the expression of absolute certainty for an outcome. Okay. Whilst at the same time living that that's just a story and I'm just playing a game and it's all made up and it's all just happening, man. For me, the real power and freedom is in both at the same time, in totality, not like 50-50, right? And so for me, what I- Say more about this because I'm yeah. sure you're about to, but that, that sounds fascinating. So anything you want to do to elaborate on that, brilliant. Yes. I'm, I'm loving the direction. So, so when my son puts on his cape and his crown and his eye mask, and he plays the role of a king, which he learned at his Waldorf Steiner school, and he does at home now because we bought him his stuff. He loves dressing up as a king. I don't know if it's in part because of his middle name. We gave him his Kian, which means king. But in any case, when he does that, he's not like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to 50% play this role. Mm. I'm going to, you know, and I'm also going to still be Asher the kid. Yeah. No, when he's in it, he's just in it. Yeah. And so when I'm expressing certainty, I'm all in. And when it would serve the moment in the present moment to be present with that is just a role I'm playing, I'm all in with that. And it's the capacity to be all in with whatever the role is that has you not holding it so tightly. So I live as the expression of certainty. I speak into existence possibilities. When I'm creating a relationship with a client, I will tell them, when you and I work together, it will be the best investment you ever made. This will occur, this will occur, this will occur, and it will occur inside the time that we're working together. And I'm not telling them because I'm a prophet or because I know, I'm telling them with certainty because for me, that's an act of creation. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm also okay with that never happening. Mm -hmm. I'm okay if I drop dead the moment they pay. Why am I okay with that? Because if I'm not okay with it in this moment, I'm not at peace, I'm freaked out, and because of that, I'm not able to speak with certainty in such a way that creates in the world. So for me, certainty is a powerful tool in the creation in the world of form, and, it, and I become um, a slave to it if it, if it, if it has to be. Say, say that last bit, you become a slave to it if it I become a slave to certainty if the things that I speak with certainty have to happen in order ah, for me to be okay now. Gotcha. Right, and, and that's, that's the big difference. That's the, that's the difference, because what, what I'm hearing there in that is that when you want to create in the world, you, you don't want to have any doubts in your mind. None. 80, 20 on it. You, you, all of the vibration of what you are is, is aligned to that. Mm -hmm. Now, that may or may not happen, the thing you're right. thinking about, but that's mm -hmm. not the point. Right? Mm -hmm. It's not the <laughs> point. That's I think not the point. people who, who, who create in the sort of conventional material world, that, that's an odd thing to probably hear going, what do you mean you don't mind whether it happens or not? Mm. Why are you bothered mm -hmm. doing it then? So yes. it, it's, it's, I imagine it's a little- Well, let's answer that. Let's answer that question. Yeah. Because if I mind whether or not it happens, I undermine my capacity to be certain. And by undermining my capacity to be certainty, I'm undermining my leadership. I'm undermining buy-in. I'm actually reducing productivity. I'm distracting ourselves. I'm distracting everybody. And so paradoxically, my highest efficacy in the creation of the world of form, be it leadership or my own personal outcomes, is actually founded on 
my unwillingness to be concerned with whether or not it happens, or sorry, my willingness to be not concerned, we could say, yes. with whether or not yeah, it happens. Exactly. Either and way, yeah. I think it's so fascinating because to some people that sounds like indifference or apathy, right? Mm -mm. But we're kind of talking almost the opposite of indifference mm -hmm. and apathy, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But it may sound like, well, so nothing matters. No, 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 no. That, that's not what we're saying here, is it? I mean, can you make that distinction between apathy and indifference and what you're saying? Yeah, I, I always say between ignoring and ignorance, right? It, to be ignorant is like to, 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 to not pay attention, to be kind of flippant, to be apathetic, to ignore is an active choice. Because if I focus on that right now, that's going to mess shit up. Okay. I am choosing not to look at that because of what it creates. You know, if my wife's going through... I'm just remembering right now, it just came into my mind, labor with our first baby, which we lost at 13 weeks. So a premature, you know, delivery of a, a fetus that mm -hmm. had already died. And if, if in that moment I put my attention on anything other than which is going to create comfort for her, then it's not going to create comfort for her. And is the mind trying to give me other things? You know, when she's frustrated with me, does it want to like fight back? Yeah. But I'm going to be absolutely focused with absolute certainty on the idea that she's going to be okay. We're going to be okay. And, and I think in that kind of example, you get, oh yeah, focus mm -hmm. and certainty does serve the outcome. Even if we are choosing to ignore some things that are right there in front of us, she might say something really fucked up and unkind. And I might choose to ignore it because that choice creates something more beautiful. So I'm always choosing to ignore things that are not fully, and that for me, don't feel like fully aligned expression of love. We could say that are, that are in flow. For me, commitment is what happens when I say no to anything that isn't love. Mm -hmm. I don't do commitment. People are like, why are you so committed? It's like, that's just because I'm a no to anything that's not love. There's a constancy to love. Like life unfolds mostly in a straight line. I mean, look at the physical world. Things try to roll straight down a hill unless they bump into something, then they go around it and they keep going. Mm. So love works like that. Mm. That that ball is committed to rolling down that hill. Okay, <laughs> if, you, if you want to say that, you can. It, 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 a commitment is one of those words that has so much loadedness um, yeah. to, to, to it, as a lot of language does. Um, and there's a lot talked about, particularly in the development world about the word of commitment there's a lot of reverse engineering um mm. that goes on with, with commitment you know um and i think what what you're talking about is, is how commitment what people might what, what people might observe as commitment right mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they would go gosh he's committed right mm -hmm. is is the ability or or the what you're doing in terms of what you're saying no to and what you're saying yes to in terms of what you're focusing on, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Plus, and this is a really key piece um, that I suppose listeners might be wondering about is, well, don't you need to be okay with whatever happens in life for this to be okay for you, right? Yeah, which which totally. does require a, a shift in our, for most of our conditioning, because most of us are brought up in a condition mm -hmm. where to think what happens in life really makes a difference to what you are mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. now again well it can this is when that's not the case but but <laughs> yeah. how would you answer that if someone says but it surely it matters how my life turns out or i mean well it matters to the degree that you choose that it does most people just are choosing that unconsciously they don't realize they have a choice for things to not matter 
you know, as much as uh, they, it does right now. You know, I, I talk about like um, people are largely tethered to circumstance, meaning what's happening out there and not just what's happening out there, but the meaning they are automatically making because of the collective meanings that people make about what's happening out there is what they've got for their life. Yeah. And, and what I think it's a great time, we touched on this briefly before as well, right now for this conversation is because, you know, the, the call, the great, uh, what do they call it? The great, um, people like leaving their, yeah, the yeah, great, great resignation, resignation. right? Yeah. The great resignation. Yeah. Um, is like people are, you know, the world, all the changes, the pandemic, the economic stuff, suddenly so many of the things that people tethered their stability to, their sense of safety and security, they thought was dry land they were tied to, is suddenly, oh, it's like, it's come undone. Or what they thought was dry land is floating away, and it's like, oh my gosh, now I'm at sea. This thing that I found stability and safety in isn't safe and stable. What is? And I hope they find, they keep asking that question until they find out that nothing is, so that they stop looking for it, because paradoxically, again, that's where you can kind of relax. Yeah. Um, the un the uncertainty that is is the only thing I'm certain in is uncertainty, right? So yeah. It's like the ground of my uncertainty is that uncertainty. So you yeah. kind of become. Um, and, and it's it's a yeah. it's a theme in, in the last few podcasts actually where we, we've been really being overt about you can't seek stability in something that's inherently unstable, and our psychology. Right, yes, it is unstable, right? So that's, yes. that's the nature of it. It's like, you know, the weather changes. You, you don't get weather that's stable. The sky, yes, that yes. doesn't change. But the weather is an activity that occurs in this sky, and our psychology is an activity that happens within consciousness. So to try and to seek stability in our inner or outer worlds is, as you to use your it's drive you mad. It's, yeah. it's trying to tie your boat to. to to something you think is, is is rock solid but isn't so right and and i think once people get that bit that there's a there's more of an obviousness to what you're saying about creating um yes because it, it the bits of the puzzle start to join together um i, I want to ask you one question about choice but i'm going to do that do that later um because uh, it could be mm. a, a rabbit hole but can you i think you were going to and I probably interrupted you. Uh, can you give us a bit of an example of something just to bring this to life for listeners? Mm -hmm. Yeah, of which of which particular perspective? Well, thing? Of, of creation in your own, of creating in your own life, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, one magical one that I'm living in right now is the move to Maui. We decided in the midst of the pandemic, while living in Santa Monica, uh, Los Angeles, that um, we wanted to. We were ready to move somewhere a bit more suburban or rural and uh hawaii just came to mind and um we went for a couple of weeks to just to try it out at like an airbnb and loved it and so we came back and it was like that's it we're moving to hawaii and we created a vision we created a vision this is something that my wife and i have done over and over again and that i've been doing you know pretty much my whole life since i was a kid which is just use your imagination daydream dream something and then go make it happen um I'm just catching my words. Go make it happen. I think that's the language from when I was younger. For now, I say let let it be created. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, but on with with the story here is you know just as a pragmatic version of like how we create a vision. It's like vision board of 2022. We both go. We talk about all the things we'd love to create. We both go and find a bunch of images on Google Image Search that represent that, and then we drop it into a shared iCloud photo album. And then we put it up on as a rotating random image slideshow on our Apple TV and our phones and our iPad. And then we're just present with it and it informs us and it feeds back 
into our hearts and minds and it stays present. So this is part of what I'm talking about is like the consistency and the constancy of an outcome. And we had an agreement living in Santa Monica that we'll never be any happier. And that's the happiest thought we have. And so it was like, we're not, we're, we agreed. We moved to Hawaii. We're not going to be any happier. Mm. That was a stance so that it wasn't like trying to like, oh, once this thing on the TV, that's a slideshow becomes real, then we're happy. It's like, no, we're, we're not doing it for that reason. So that's a practical implementation of the idea that I'm absolutely committed to an outcome. I mean, it's everywhere on every slideshow. Alexa was talking to us about it and I'm all good. We've got a flag on the front of our house in Santa Monica with a smiley face on it. We are happy. We're not going somewhere else to be happy. Um, so that's the both and. And so, and then we just started living it. And for me, I just listen. I ask and I listen. You could call it prayer, but, but, but having, and it's like, I want to go there and I'm pointing to the horizon. I can see the ocean right now from my window. I want to go there and I'm imagining I'm sailing. And so, and I'm going to listen for the wind. I'm going to look at the seagulls, which way are they pointing? I'm just going to, what, what is there's where I'm going. And there's what is right here and now. And I'm just going to meet that. Maybe we'll sail today. Maybe it'll be tomorrow. We'll see how far we get. And so it was like that. And things, and we started to have this vision of having a farm in Maui. And it's like, I just got this sense that I need to learn how to farm now. So I went and bought some pots at Home Depot in LA and, and I've got some soil and I put some seeds and it just started. Mm. And when I'm absolutely certain where I'm going and I'm okay with where I'm at, I'm not in a hurry. I can see what's right in front of me and I start speaking and acting in ways that express the end result of the vision in the present moment. Mm -hmm. So I start talking with my friends and family about the move to Hawaii and people start sending me things. And all of a sudden the people around me are enrolled in it. I start being introduced to people in Hawaii because that's where I'm going. I'm not in a hurry. I'm not attached, but I'm active in it. And before long, we were living in a rented house in Maui. I mean, there's so many things along the way that I could share, like little serendipitous, synchronistic things that happened. But some of the really fun ones are, 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 are the most recent, which is, you know, we were, when I first got to Maui, we lived in this rental house, an incredible view. It was so much of our vision realized, except for the fact that we rented it and didn't own it. Mm. And I was like, oh, I left that specific piece out of the vision. And so we took, I went Google image search. I found an image of deed and title and some house keys. And I put that in the slideshow and it's like, okay, now we got to start talking to realtors, getting the financing set up. And we did that and we started going and I lost, I, I came off of this journey, this path a little bit. I started going into make it happen instead of allow it to be created. And I started to get afraid that I wasn't going to be able to get to own a house. That was everything that my vision was like, this is like, well, this is such a big jump from where we were in Santa Monica. Um, I was getting caught up in the, the standard way of doing everything's like in a control mode. I got to get this outcome now. I was afraid of not being able to keep this vision going. And we were making offers on houses with great financing. Some of them were $100,000 over asking price and they, they weren't getting accepted. The market was just insane here. And, and people moving here with like crypto cash is buying stuff cash, like over, way over asking. So we were just like, uh-oh, and our lease is running out and there's not that much housing in Maui. So we were like, I was getting nervous getting into control and it didn't feel good. And that's always a sign for me. As long as, as soon as I'm not feeling good, as long as, as, as soon as the lint screen and the dryer is pissing me off, it's like, whoa, something's going on. Right. Like <laughs> if it. that thing gets, yeah. you know, so it's like, and so it's like, okay, well, I have to let go here. What's going on. And, and then I just, I saw it and it's like, okay, loosen the grip. Don't kill the baby bird. Mm. Right. It's not walk away. It's not delete the slideshow. Oh, fine. We're we'll just be okay. Renting. No, 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 no. I, I don't, I don't give up ever. 
but I let go all the time. So not so that I can keep a looseness, a lightness with it. Yeah. So I can be sailing and not rowing, but also not, you know, giving up and staying on the deserted island. That's like, I use that metaphor. Like, I don't want to be the victim that doesn't row or sail. Yeah, yeah. I want to stay in sailing. And so um, as soon as I let go, like then a couple of days later, I was walking into the house and I heard bang, bang, bang. I had just come in with my two boys and they go outside and there's a golf ball bouncing in our driveway. Now we live at 4,000 feet on Haleakala at that point in the volcano Maui. There's like one or two houses above us and then just open land. So somebody had driven their car up and was just driving golf balls. I'm so glad that I was in the house and it didn't kill me or the kids. But anyway, this golf ball, I take it and I'm walking around the neighborhood and I'm like, that is so weird. This is going to lead to something. There's purpose in this. There's meaning. I'm open hearted and I meet my neighbors looking for the, whoever's hitting the golf ball and the neighbor, here's my story about trying to buy a house. And she says, well, why don't you post a message on this neighborhood community website app thing, sharing your situation. Sometimes there's people that want to sell their house that don't have it mm -hmm. on the market. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, maybe I put the golf ball on my desk, two weeks went by, I didn't do anything about it. But the golf ball was sitting there because there was a part of me, not myself, but a part of me that knew there was some something more for it, right? Like I didn't know this at the time, but this is an important thing. Like I am not just the part that thinks and that has this awareness. There's, I'm on, the universe is unfolding through me, mostly as something that I don't even realize is me. So that part put the golf ball there. After two weeks, I looked at it and I said, I need to make that post. I made the post within 24 hours. I had three people say, come and see our house. It's not listed yet on the market. And one of them was the house that I now own. We walked in the front door. We hadn't even seen much of it. My wife was said, yes, she just knew. The sellers were so happy to meet us. It was, they didn't really want to leave. It had some health issues. Um, it was the most magical experience of a deal ever. We bought it for under the appraised value in this crazy market. Um, we walk into her chicken coops. She had chickens. And in the chicken coops, so that they would get the chickens to lay the eggs there instead of somewhere else in the yard, they free ran. She put golf balls to trick them to lay the eggs on those. Yeah. And then, and then they had just signed a lease with two tenants in the rental property on the land here. Um, and my name, as you know, is John Morgan. There's two people living in that house. The man's name is John. The woman's name is Morgan. So yeah. It's just synchronicity after synchronicity after synchronicity that led us to be in this place that is now our home. It's a total expression of everything that was on our vision board. We've retired every image from the our vision to our, our, our realized vision slideshow, which is a separate mm -hmm. slideshow. It's a collection of images that were our focused outcome that have become our life. Um, and the important thing is every single time these things happen by having that loose, loose grip, by listening for the wind, by saying yes to love as opportunity out there, but also as possibilities unfolding through us intuitively and dancing with it. And every single time I squeeze too hard and crush it, it doesn't happen or, you know, it, it waits, it waits. Mm. I mean, there's so much in that story I could ask you, but, but, um, I want to just drill down a little bit on the, on the synchronicity and serendipity, because I think the way sometimes we're conditioned and to, to do creating is very cause and effect. It's very linear. It's very mm -hmm. justified. And um, you know, if you put this much effort in, this happens. If you do this, this happens. It's very tangible, particularly in organizations mm -hmm. where they have metrics, metric, metrics. But actually, it doesn't take long when you ask someone about, just to give a few examples of synchronicity or serendipity, they can go, oh, well, yeah, of course, there was that, when mm -hmm. that happened. And, you know, mm -hmm. most of their life can find some, but they don't use it as a, 
way to do creating. They, they mm -hmm. think that happens on the sides kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. what I'm hearing in your story is you go, no, that's how creating happens. That's the path. Yeah. It, it is serendipity and synchronicity mm -hmm. and all those mm -hmm. things. Um, mm -hmm. But we, we, we've made them sound like kind of woodoo or, or, or just, just not robust, you know, well, that's mm -hmm. not a proper mm -hmm. strategy to have synchronicity and serendipity. Mm -hmm. um, but I think if I'm hearing you right, that's exactly what you lean into. Yeah. This, yeah, more and more all the time. Um, I, I've, I've said before, the only reason I have plans is so they can't work out and the serendipities will occur because serendipities only happen when something doesn't go as planned. So if you don't have any plans, there's no serendipities. So <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it just makes it fun. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. It just yeah. makes it fun. Like I had this plan so that something different would happen that I couldn't have planned for. That is the thing. Yeah. You know? Yes. So, but I think it, it's, it's, you know, the, it, that's a shift for people to start to mm -hmm. recognize that as, le as a legitimate, if you want to call it that, way that creating happens. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But it doesn't take long for people to, to, to see that. But it's what is funny, isn't it? How people will allow that in some aspects of their lives. They probably obliviously allow it, right? You know, in their, maybe in their hobbies or in some aspects. But on the stuff that really matters to them, and this is the irony, the paradox, mm -hmm. they won't do that. Yeah. Right? That's identity getting in the way. The it's fear of who would I be, it's existential threat. Yeah. 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 It's the so, belief that I am. Yeah. And I think parenting, I mean, you, you, you've got kids, I've got kids. Parenting's a classic example of that. So <laughs> yeah. I, I can justify to myself all the wonderful intentions I have about deliberately creating my kids to be a certain way. Mm -hmm. uh, I realize I'm wrong. But um, mm. <laughs> it doesn't mm -hmm. stop me <laughs> because time and time again, when I wanted, you know, let's say there's a habit or a behavior I know it would be helpful that they didn't have anymore, like being anxious or not getting to sleep. You try mm -hmm. your best to try and help them and support them mm. in that, but it's not coming from serendipity and, and synchronicity and loosely holding right. the bird, to use your metaphor. Yeah. Because of yeah. your kids, you care so much, you squeeze. Yeah. And that's unhelpful. Yeah, it is. It is. And it always works. I mean, it's hard to loosen the grip, but it does work out better when we do. It just ends up being like you talked about when sailing, you end up somewhere else. Yes. But that somewhere else is actually the unfolding of like, like the beautiful contribution of their uniqueness and what the universe is trying to do through them, you know, as well. Otherwise you just end up with a, with a clone. Obviously we want to have some influence on our kids, but we don't want them to be us. Otherwise we just have clones. No, no, no. I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish that. I mean, yeah. Okay. So, so let, let's just shift this a bit. Cause I mean, you, you work with individuals, private clients, but many of them are mm -hmm. business folks or entrepreneurs. Yeah. All of them. Yes. Um, yeah. so, so this, this, this creating, I guess you must have, um, worked with people on how they do that in the business world. So let's say we've mm -hmm. got some listeners, uh, who, who are tuning into this and, and they're going, well, okay, how can I, they run a business. How does this work in a little organization or even a big organization? Mm. How would you yeah. see that John? Yeah, I, well, I focus on what I call being, and I'm sure people have heard this term being used lots of ways, and I mean it in two ways. There's like the, uh, you know, the big all upper caps, caps lock being, which is like something that's beyond language at best. That word points to an experience of like beyond self, right? Like you'd call it the non-dual experience. It's like the formlessness of, of, of what is, you know, that's where words fall down. And then there's also being, oh, it's called an uppercase B, but it's, it's being in the sense of like the expression of meaning and, and, and in, in the world of form, 
the metaphor that I use is like, there's like the all caps being is like the water in the hose that moves through the hose. And then like the capitalized being is like the setting on the nozzle. Is it like uh -huh. being shower mode, being like, like full mode, mist mode. And so when I'm in the world of form and I want to create, it's like, what setting is the nozzle going to be on such that the being that unfolds is the shape that creates what I would love. And so if I'd love to water this plant and I put it on jet mode and I'm standing in front of this pot, I'm going to blow all the dirt out of it. So I want to be that which contributes to this growth. Maybe it's mist, maybe it's shower mode. And so there's a, and it's, again, it's just another expression of that holding it lightly. So it's saying, it's not, what do I need to do in order to create this outcome? It's who do I need to be for this outcome to happen? And so it's just a little bit leaned back inquiry into um, what my agency and my will can do to be, to do, to create the outcome. Instead of saying, what can I do to create the outcome? It's who could I be that would create that outcome? And so this is, you know, sometimes you could say it looks like leadership. Um, but let's take a pragmatic example. Like what's something that a, an outcome that a client in your world might come to uh, a conversation with wanting in the material world and look at, look at how creating our being would unfold that. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's, there's many that often what they're trying to do now is uh, finding a more efficient way to operate, which reduce costs, but increase output or, or something like okay. that, or, or get more, yeah. more done with less. You could call it that. Yeah. Who would I need to be to get more done with less? It's a different question than how can I get more done with less? Because then it starts to look at like, how are my ideas and my attitudes and my fears, my worries, my concerns, my sense of urgency, um, getting in the way of doing more with less, uh, or yeah, doing more with less. Um, and it's not always obvious to people. Like that's a really popular one for me too. I love this idea of like compressing time and, um, doing less as a way of getting more done. Um, and, and the introduction of the idea that saying, how do I want to look at this? Hold on a second. Um, do less, get more done, do less, get more done. One of the, uh, possibilities I created with a client, something we called 37 seconds. And we just created that any conversation that takes 37 minutes to get to the outcome you wanted to get to in the beginning couldn't occur in 37 seconds. That was an idea. It was a truth that we created, mm -hmm. that we lived into. And we had no clue how that was true at the beginning. It certainly didn't come from evidence or experience. It was just to create, what if, what if any 37 minute conversation outcome could be created in 37 seconds? And then we took that and we just came from a way of being in which that was true. And it was living as if that is true with the kind of certainty I talked about earlier mm -hmm. that delivered the how. Things became obvious like, well, there's actually in that 37 minutes, there's me trying to figure out what it is that I want to get to. That if I had just sat and asked myself really honestly, what is it that I wanted and confronted the self that was blocking me from being honest about that, I could know it. And then I could just start the conversation asking that question. And who would I need to be to ask that question such that it was palatable right up front? And it start, you start finding new questions to ask that, and then suddenly it becomes a possibility. I know I've had clients that had, used to do two hour sessions. I had some clients that are coaches that do 20 minute sessions that charge the same fee. The clients get better results. And so 
one of the things that the thing the thing that's most powerfully compresses time that allows people to do um more in less time is not trying to figure out how first but deciding that's what's occurring and being that's what's occurring with that kind of like radical almost insane certainty and then through that without being attached allowing the way to unfold and I, th I think what's lovely about that in, in that example, it, it's got into the how of this, which I sort of referenced mm -hmm. earlier, is that because the how you went about that with, with your client when you were talking about it was not through the conventional laws of how stuff happens, right? You have to throw all mm -hmm. that in the air and realize mm -hmm. we don't know how. That's right. a big thing. We have to surrender to the idea that we know how. Um, mm -hmm. And it doesn't take much of a look into, into theoretical physics to know of course, we don't know how. I mean, the, yeah. the brightest minds in the world will go, we don't know. It's 99% dark matter and we've got no yeah. idea. So yeah. the idea that we know how is just ludicrous. Mm -hmm. So w why don't we live from that and go, well, you set, let's call it an intention if I can, you know, mm -hmm. get stuff done in 37 seconds, not 37 minutes, which mm -hmm. as you say, you then have to get rid of the idea that, well, uh, excuse me, evidence doesn't say we can do that. You have to let that right. completely disappear because yeah. what's the past got to do with the future? They're not linked as, mm -hmm. as you think they are. Mm -hmm. So you throw that. So you have to write all these rules, put a line through them of how you think causality happens and mm. be it, mm -hmm. be right? it. Yeah. with that yeah. total certainty, as you described. Mm -hmm. But again, 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 this is so important, not caring whether it happens or not. Yeah, yeah. If you, yeah. if you, if you do everything we've just said and take this as a formula, right? We're not saying it's a formula, but if you took it as a formula without that bit that we said at the end, which is the neutrality or, or, or uh, relaxedness, yeah, holding it lightly. Yeah. 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 Holding it lightly. Then it doesn't, it, 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 it undermines the whole thing. Totally. Yeah. That's the, that's the. I call it both and like both committed to the outcome and completely okay with it not happening. It's like, it's, it's not, and we talked about this earlier too. It's not a sweet spot. No, it's a dance. It's a dance. It's a dance. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's between yeah. the two. So actually, actually let's alive. talk about that because yeah. it was a nice little, nice little pointer you gave uh, to me earlier before we pressed record. I was talking about something and I used the word dance and sweet spot in the same sentence and you went, hold on, they're really different. And as mm -hmm. soon as you said that, I kind of intuited what you're on about. And they are, they're mm. totally different, but they might be seen as the same. Mm. Because mm. I think, well, we, you, you say what you said to me about the difference, because I thought it was so beautiful. Well, I mean, just look at somebody who's balanced on a balancing beam and then look at two people dancing. I mean, it's like two different things, right? Like dancing is like where you kind of move from one side to the other side. And even, but if you actually were to zoom in on somebody who's balancing on a balance beam with a, micros with a microscope, you'd see their leg dancing from side to side not an equal rhythm, but it would be constant movement. And so balance is just a, a perspective that is not useful for us because it looks like there's a place that you can be that's fixed, that's not moving. Right. That would be like, that, I mean, that's, that's why I find it not useful because it actually sets us up for, for not being happy with ourselves because we're not, I'm not staying in the sweet spot as if yeah. you could. Yeah. But the dance is like, it welcomes the movement back and forth of kind of like a pendulum. And, and I think there's something about, I, I remember you said on a, another podcast, um, I think you used an example, and I can't remember who you were referencing, but it was about uh, whether a chair against, is against a wall. Hmm. Right? Martin Edgar, yeah. Well, what, what, what I loved about that was most of us would go, well, that's binary. Either it is or it isn't. Mm -hmm. The chair's against mm -hmm. the wall. You know, as in the chair can be somewhere, it's either yes or no. But yeah. You described that so beautifully just to give this, which to me made you 
us realize well no nothing is static and there isn't a is you know there's it's flux and yeah you we agree on what is or isn't because it's useful to have like this is the left side of the road that's the right side of the road that is but like at what point does the left become right is is important sometimes to remember when we when look distinctions serve us mm. but they can also do us a disservice Right. And so it's like, when is this, when does this distinguishing start to undermine our efficacy in the world, our fulfillment, our power? And, and so I'm as much for dissolving distinction as I am creating them. And because for me, what's more important than that is right now in this moment, my freedom, my love, um, my experience of being in the world. And so for me, it's useful to know when a chair is or isn't touching the wall until it isn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And I, and I think, you know, it, it's the same as time, isn't it? Time's a very useful mm -hmm. referential thing that we can have this podcast at Habase in the mm -hmm. evening, although you're in Hawaii, so you've got a, diff a different yeah. reference, but we, we, we yeah. can connect the two. But it doesn't mean time exists in the way that we use it. Mm. Right? it no, it, it, yeah. You know, the past, the present, the future are, are, con are perceptual concepts that, that, that help mm -hmm. us, uh, just as a red light and a green light and a traffic lights. So, mm -hmm. but we take them as absolutely part of the intrinsic nature of reality rather than yeah. just all oh, distinctions. Um, mm -hmm. and I think when we come to creating, we, I, I mean, you know, one level as simple as just really loosen up and be open to the, the, the wind of creating that's happening that mm -hmm. you are part mm -hmm. of. Mm -hmm. um, which you can sort of synchronize yourself to. That's how I sometimes think mm. about it yeah. as it emerges. Yeah. With, with it's like the, dancing with the rhythm of the music. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if, you, if you're then also not attached to the outcome, mm -hmm. life just unfolds beautifully. But that doesn't yeah. mean, to go back to your point, that you just blow around in the wind like the leaf. No. Yeah. Um, so let me ask a, a very particular question now. This might be too, too granular, but... How important is it to you? Because when you described your process of moving to Maui, uh, and you mentioned it a couple of times, you, you create these kind of visual stimuli mood boards, right? Mm -hmm. Now, w when I hear that, my, my old-fashioned heckles go up because yeah, cool. my, my, my yeah. kind of anti-law of attraction, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah, which was used for acquisition, go off. Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. they don't really go up anymore because I've kind of got over myself. But um... <laughs> You've loosened the grip a little bit. Yeah, I've, I've yeah. loosened my grip on it. But yeah, how? What? What role is that? So, getting into mechanics now, uh, mm. what, what role is that playing? Do you believe having the the, the visual stimulus around the house and doing the board with your with, with your wife and stuff? Um, it's like, you know, you know what? A, how a laser works. My background is physics, by the way. Just okay. To, uh, just to tr just to track where I'm coming. A, a, la a laser is light focused in a particular direction. It's light being emitted inside of a box with a crystal and basically the light photons bounce around and, and eventually they get all oriented in the same direction. They come straight out and it's like, it's just light focused. And so for me, the vision board is taking all of the light that unfolds through us and as us and in us and in the world, and it just focuses it on something. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, as a, as a metaphor, but that's what it is, but then more practically speaking, like, um, the way that I speak about certainty takes us back to what we, you know what we were talking about before. It's like it can look like from the outside that like 
that life that he's living has to happen exactly like it's on that vision board or else he's not there yet. He's going to keep going. But when you talked about earlier, you want to go somewhere sailing and you end up somewhere else. That's both true and isn't true. We still ended up in Maui and we still ended up on a house with, a, with, a, with the land and the fruit trees. And I can go through all the things in the vision board. And as many things that did turn out, if you go and look at the, the, the vision board, there's, there's just as many things that are different. We wanted a four-bedroom house with space. We've got a one-bedroom house with a loft upstairs and a separate guest house and a separate building as an office, which is way fucking better. Yeah. But we didn't have that in our vision because we didn't have the reference experience of the way people do houses in Hawaii. That's so right. it's both that. exactly what I wanted and completely different at and the that, same that, time. That, that You've answered the question so beautifully there because... What I think it points to is that the, the mood board, the images is not because you want a blueprint of exactly the specification of where your life's heading because you mm. need it because without that you're useless. It's, mm -hmm. it's a way of harnessing creating. Now, mm. it could have taken you to Cape Town or yeah. Sunshine Coast, Australia, mm -hmm. and you'd be like, cool, right? Right. Even though the, yeah. the images were... Maori, right? We're up, um, yeah, exactly. Because you weren't doing it to get somewhere, sorry, to a destination. You were using it just to get the wind blowing, right? I was, well, I, I, again, I hold to these, I don't try to make it lukewarm. I try to hold to two seemingly uh, um, contradictory possibilities. I had that vision to get to a very specific outcome with very specific details in it. And I was not attached to any of those details. So when I'm creating a vision, it's very detailed. I've got right now in our new vision board, we have a vision for the farm. We have the exact kinds of fruit trees with the exact kind of fruits that we want on it. And we may end up growing vegetables instead. I'm okay with that, but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to be specific. So I'm going to both be very specific in my outcome and very unattached to whether any of those specificities occur. Yeah. And wouldn't it be amazing if more of society did that? So, so let's take yeah. a, a business leader who could have this very clear plan of the future mm -hmm. of business, but also say the second half of what you said, or imagine a prime mm. minister or, or, or a government that could go, well, yeah, this mm. is our plan. And also we're completely okay with that not happening. At all, yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, yes. Think about it. Can I, can I speak to why I think that's often unavailable and becoming more available? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. is because I think that it's the I that blocks people from being that way. Meaning, like, in, if, if I am a separate individual from you, and I want it this way, and then I go out into the world and I meet you, and you want it a different way, and you are separate from me, then that's a sacrifice. Yeah. But if when I say I... I experience you and I as part of the entangled I that is, and I want this and you want that, Then, and I do something different than what I wanted before I met you, then I am still getting what I want because I am you. For me with my wife, this is how I learned this. Like for me, being married is an access point to something transcendent of the separate self. Like I threw out my dreams when I met my wife and she threw out her dreams and we dreamed a new dream together. There's a difference between two dreams being in an economic trade-off, a little bit of her dream, a little bit of my dream, and then we've got the composite dream that's the sum of those parts. That's different than in dreaming anew together as a single entity, as the collective I or we. Um, and so for me, there's never sacrifice. There's the evolution of what I want with an openness to the I is not 
I as his separate self, but I as the big bang banging on. Mm. Oh, it's so, it warms my heart when I hear you talk about that at the macro level society and at the personal mm. level for the, mm. because w one of the biggest things that rocks my world is, is, is knowing that at the level of big I, um, mm -hmm. it, 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 I am everything. I am Putin. I am Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Um, I am whatever. Right. And pick a couple other nice leaders. Yeah. Can I pick up one right now? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, all the beautiful, let me people in the book. So yeah. that, that, that's, that's all at my eye too. Right. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean I condone what's going on and nothing like that. I've, I've podcast about this before, but I think it's, it's such a shift when it comes to in, when we're talking about it, or particularly in creation, I suppose, is that, as, as you said, it's not me compromising mine to give a bit of yours, to give a bit of that. Mm. It's mm. there's an emergence and a, because and a, it's all the same anyway. Mm. Mm -hmm. right? and, mm -hmm. and what we are rendering and what we see is the same mm. one. Mm. So mm. how can mm. it be separate at one level? Mm -hmm. only, only the self-mind that comes in and tries to make these distinctions, which are occasionally useful, but often overused, um, mm. comes in. So when you're going, and that's one of the differences, I think, why, you know, you take some organizations, if I take it back to the corporate for a moment or, or the enterprise, um, how stodgy and undynamic they are compared to some, let's call it movements, right? You know, you can sometimes get a, a yeah. hundred people who just create amazing, amazing. Well, like startups, like even staying in yeah. the business world, like, like startups, right? Yeah. So, so Agile. Yeah. It's because well, one's selling and one's rowing and and, and one sees division and sacrifice and compromise and, you know, and, and one's just in the movement of, of creating. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And isn't it interesting when you work with a, an entrepreneur or, or a leader who's been in, who's, who's had the experience of the former, you know, just been in the creating mm -hmm. and it's just been going. And for some reason it's stagnated and mm. they then start a little bit like you did when your house wasn't, when you weren't getting to, uh, buy rather than rent mm -hmm. you start to, oh mm -hmm. i can start to do it now and they start mm -hmm. to clench you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then what we have to do is remind them hey you know when it was working beautifully a couple of years ago mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what do you think the difference is <laughs> yeah yeah and, yeah and there you go so mm. at one level it's blissfully simple um mm -hmm. it's not easy but it's blissfully simple um mm. and i guess we're, we're lucky that we get to try and point it out uh to the extent that we can um yeah John, I'm 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 conscious of this uh, the made-up distinction of time that's been kicking on. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I could do a part two with this very easily, but is, is there anything that you would like to say just to kind of get, uh, wrap it up with a bow or anything else? Mm -hmm. I think we kind of got to it towards the end. Like for for why I think this is a good time for this conversation is because again I said earlier people are suddenly becoming aware that the things they were tethered to aren't stable. So there's a disruption that can lead them to find something deeper and something uh, more constant that's transcendent of the world of form. Um, but I also think that like um, this sense that we're all connected is contributing to um, a bringing down of the fear of not getting what I want Right, the starting and and you know through even through the way that technology is evolving, the 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 new generation really getting a sense of how networked and how much everybody's in, entangled, less of a um, a separate sense of self I think is going to do the humanity good, 
um, because people will be less individually concerned and more collectively joined. I've, I've got an optimistic view of the world. I think we're a, a pretty um, capable and that we're going to keep creating. And if we let go of our anthropocentric worries and, and the worries of the individual, then I think we can still see beauty in the world and see it unfolding. So I, I um, think so. And to me, it's yeah. almost like how much rupture are we going to have to take before we, we, we wake up? So I, mm. I, I do have an optimistic view on it like, like you do. It's just we almost need things to break first. Yeah. Uh, we don't, that, but that, that's how it look. We've got to really mess it up before we just, yeah, rupture ourselves to wake up to see the to, to see what's possible. Um, and what exciting time to be alive, right? To to yeah, yeah. to love to know what history would make of what what's going on now. But mm. I, I I'm totally with you on it. Um, and what I would say to, to listeners if if they they've been sort of uh, resonating with with what you know we've been talking about is 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 how easy this is to play with mm -hmm. flirt with <laughs> if you want mm -hmm. in your mm -hmm. day right mm -hmm. i mean have you got a little tip that you might give someone if they were just going yeah yeah i'm, I'm getting it you know how would i just have a little play with this well no matter what's happening in your world no matter how uninvolved you experience yourself from that to be and how much at cause you don't think that you are um, ask yourself, how am I creating this? You know, somebody's driving by another car and I don't know, the husband's yelling at the wife. How am I creating that? Mm. But that, that, that kind of asking that question in a place where it seems completely impossible that you have anything to do with it is going, is kind of like the 37 second and the 37 minute yeah. thing. Yeah. Living that question is going to, um, bring you into a way of seeing your role in the unfolding of the universe, of everything in a new way. It's going to expand your sense of self by seeing you, have, you as having something to do with that changes you. So that's one, that's one of the central questions in my life. I ask it constantly, I ask it of my clients constantly, how are you creating that? You know? And what I love is the paradox about that, because as I was hearing you say that, I was like, it expands your sense of self and dissolves it at the same time, right? Exactly. Because in yeah. order for that to be anything to do with you, there mm. must be oneness, right? Mm -hmm. And and because yep. we would go, well, that's a different car, something to do with me, <laughs> right? Right. You know, what What are you talking about? There's there's a separate. Right. My body ends here at the end of my fingers, mm -hmm. right? Mm. They're a separate entity of of matter to yeah. me. Nothing to do with me. Mm. So mm. it it does as, as well as expands uh, yeah. itself, it, it dissolves it, it. Exactly. You know? Well, those for me, those are synonymous statements yeah. for sure. Because um, you expand it, you know, the idea. One. Yeah. You can't be your body. You, you can't be this, this, you can't be so many of the things that you think you are when you look at the world through that lens. I, I'd, I'd love it if listeners would give us some feedback on that question. It's such a cool one. Mm. So you, you did, mm. you know, just go for your ordinary day and ask yourself that question because it's, it's a bit of a, huh? It's a yeah. twister for the mind. So I, I'd love it. Let me give you a caveat. Let me give a caveat, a warning label on that question. Mm. It's an important one, actually. Th that question must be asked and i don't know about truth but must but like my, i would beg of you to ask it with an with an open and loving heart towards yourself as a line of curiosity and inquiry because be careful asking it from a place of blame and fault yeah. it becomes then it becomes really kind of self-abusive and yeah, it's no, really that, meant that, that's to a, see, that's a, that's see the good, light held with lightness good good health warning on that because we're not saying you're responsible for the crap going on in the world Right. No. That's, that's, that's not what, I, that, yeah. I, no, I, we're not saying that at all. What we're saying is that you're responsible for the crap going on in the world, both, yeah, <laughs> but, but, but with a smile and lightly, right? Yeah. Like you're, you, you have something to do with it, but it's not your fault ever.
nothing is. You're totally innocent and you have something to do with it. And it's that, I won't call it a sweet spot. Let's call it that dance. That, that dance. And, that, and that we're inviting you into. Yeah. The both and, you know, so John, thank you so much for giving up part of your beautiful day over there to um, come and have this conversation. I've really enjoyed it. Um, I, I'm hoping that listeners will get a lot out of it. And I'm guessing mm -hmm. that you'd be open for anyone to contact you. And I'll put your details yeah, of course. in notes. Um, and uh, be great to see what people think of this episode. So awesome. Pairs, it was fun. You're so welcome. Thank you. I had a blast. It's great. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and want to know more, check out our website at qualityofmind.biz. And also feel free to reach out and leave us a review or a comment. Until next time, have fun being curious. <laughs>